Hey, it's Rob. If you missed our 17th place roundtable, we had a good one. Chappelle and I got together with Brandon Donlin, Zach Wurtenberger, and Maddie for a very fun podcast talking about week two of Survivor. On Friday night, Taryn had the first BB Can roundtable. Whether you're keeping up with every episode or just want to know what's going on, Taryn, Melissa, and Chappelle have everything from week one of BB Can. And the Amazing Race is back this week. I'll be kicking off the season with Mike and Jess on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Australian Survivor. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to RHAP's coverage of Survivor Global for Survivor 45. I'm your host, Shannon Gus, here to discuss such a phenomenal episode three of the season. It was electrifying Survivor, and it is so exciting to talk about an episode like that with one of my favorite guests. She is a two-time Survivor South Africa player, a super fan, and just someone I always love to talk to. It is the great Teresa of Africa. Teresa, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here, Shannon. What a fantastic episode. Yeah, no, it was it was phenomenal. I want to get all of your thoughts. We are very, very lucky to have an episode like this, and I'm very lucky to get to talk to you about it. But before we do, how are you? How is your world other than getting to watch some fun Survivor once a week? <laughs> I've actually I've actually been really great, Shannon. Um, been a bit on the busy side with the little one, uh, and for a move, I'm moving to Cape Town end of the year. So some exciting stuff happening in my life. That's very exciting. I lived in Cape Town for a few months when I was a child, but um, it's an amazing place. <laughs> that's, that's so exciting. Yes, I've always joked city girls. That's why the whole camping thing never appealed to me. So um, to actually be able to <laughs> go and live in a real city is something I've always wanted. So that's quite exciting. Amazing. Well, let's talk about this episode because I think we both loved it. How are you feeling three episodes in? I know Rob was saying that the temperature check is very, very good for Survivor 45. What have been your thoughts so far? I think it's really good. Um, At the back of my mind, I'm like, they must have Henry secretly hidden away there in CBS studios to control (laughs) the car because it's just been, I think, 
a phenomenal cast. Um, completely blown away. Um, I was secretly going for, for Lulu, not so secretly anymore. But um, and it, it's, it's, it's like I've jinxed them just because probably in the combination of people that I like, they've, they've just done poorly as a result. But apart from that, I think it's, it's, it's great so far. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, Rob was saying this, that having a disaster tribe works very, very well from a storytelling perspective in these three tribe formats because your level of investment is so high so early. Like, who wasn't so upset when they had, like, that beautiful musical cue and Lulu, after coming back in the reward of the underdogs and winning something, lost again. Like, I think anyone, even three episodes, really, really felt it. So, yeah, to, like, beef up that level of investment that early because, as you're saying, the casting is so good. You connect to these characters. I truly did not want any of Lulu to go home. So I'm connected to it. And yeah, just the story and the journey. And then with the 90 minutes, we've definitely built out onto Reba and Bello for the most part as well. So it's just such a comprehensive view of everything. The storytelling has been so good. And if you can be this invested where it's like heart pounding Survivor, obviously the vote was so interesting. But if it can be, yeah, just that compelling that early, I think we're off to like a phenomenal start. Uh, The story has been phenomenal. I don't know if it's, if it's purely because of the additional, you know, 30 minutes that we've got, but there is a mention that that um, the focus on Camp Life does bring in terms of the storytelling. And and also just in terms of overall play, I think we, we get such a, a deeper sp- perspective as to what's going on um, that, as you say, you have an opportunity to actually even be more invested even in the players that are are not necessarily going to tribal council um, stage. We have enough insight into what's happening to sort of feed into the eventual tribe swap. Yeah, I think that for as well the season, like to compare it to something like 42, which has been my favorite season of the new era. And I think 42 also like started off really well, had a great cast, had this like really phenomenal early episode that I felt elevated the whole pre-merge and that elevates the whole season. Um, You know, when Jenny very sadly went home, but it was also like such an interesting tribal council and all of these kind of small vote dynamics. But I always felt 42 really succeeded in spite of production. Um, And we just got lucky, like do or die didn't hit. And it it was, we kept getting lucky that things weren't happening and that the cast was just being allowed to play. Whereas I actually feel like 45 is exceeding because of production. production, And obviously the cast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's rare to say, I feel with New Era Survivor, but like all of the, the advantages that they introduced in this episode we can talk about, I think have been great. I think there's been a good balance. Like they haven't added more to fill the 90 minutes. They have let that kind of breathe. Um, things are much less overpowered. So they made some really good adjustments. I mean, you said you feel like Hungry's in casting. I feel like maybe LaRue or Mike White or someone who's been there with Jeff to be like, people just want, you know, people just, well, I mean, obviously wanted like, you know, ancient voices back, but even the stuff about the storytelling or not feeling like the, the, the you know, sob stories or the, you know, background where had to, had to be as forced. I feel like they promise they yes. don't listen to us, but someone was listening to someone because something's been changed in such a positive way. And yeah, it's just very, very good the, for the, the show. Yeah, I think to sum it up, Shannon, you'd probably have to say, I think it's it's been thick storytelling. Um, there's a sincerity in, in terms of what I feel it's 
at the very least, is a representation of the qualities and the characters that that really just elevates um, the season. Um, and 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 that's what has made it come across as more genuine, I think, um, and believable. And and maybe it is circumstantial for how it's worked out, or maybe it is because production, definitely compared to 44, which just felt so over the top, like it's so refreshing comparatively. Like in 44, and I, again, I don't know if this is just circumstantial or that's added to it, but in 44, I felt every single week, like everyone was going home because they'd lost a game against production. Like they'd been tricked into losing their vote or into, you know, like the the small tribes really screwing them up or, you know, there weren't enough votes. It was like confusing. Whereas even though in this vote, no one really knew what was happening. Like Sabaya sacrificed a vote. They wouldn't have known that. That's a new mechanism. She obviously was also blindsided by the vote. So everyone was kind of confused about what was going on, but there's so much player agency for why it's happening. So there's so much meaning. Like, why did Sabaya go home? We will talk about it. But she made decisions that I think led her there. You can't say production screwed her up. And you can't say production screwed Brandon up. So yeah, like I think that looking back at, you know, when a player loses against production, it's always extremely dissatisfying to me. And to to be able to sit here and say, I love Sabaya. She was such a huge character. She had the most confessional. She went home. Like what a three episode arc. She had five juicy points, crazy stuff. In saying that, we will look back and look at her decision making. And I was in rooting return, for she, her. I'm yeah, like, and I, I was as I'm well. So yeah, but she, but she, but she, but she I was so excited. Zabaya, <laughs> what, what were we doing, Zabaya? Zabaya was aiming for the stars in this episode, and I have so many questions as to why, but we will talk about it. Oh, man. I was looking at exit interviews and. Um, I, I must say, I just loved her more um, when I did when I listened to the exit interviews. But I'm sure, my girl, why, why, why? <laughs> well, let's let's talk about it. We can get to you know some of the twists and stuff as we talk it through. But I really want to talk about it from Tobias' perspective because, like, Stephen was defending the move to turn on Caleb. Obviously, you know, Jeff says like you got to go no. for the idol. You know, like no. you know, no. the idol, Jeff. No, I think. I honestly think, uh, in the simplest way, this was a self-inflicted boot. Um, yeah, it was premature of her to go after Caleb. Um, it it reminded me almost of of when we did Return of the Outcast. Um, our, our conversation with Dino, I believe it must have been on the first night out there, where we were talking about the threat that Tevin was. Reality, and and I, and I think is you've almost got to measure whether it's an option to take that person in the moment. And the reality of it was that, um, I know in our case, we we definitely saw the threat level, but to buy him until it was a realistic option, because you've, you've got to almost weigh it against what the feel and moment in the tr- is at that particular point in time. I think what probably happened to her is that she was, she saw the threat and was ended by, um, by that threat that she felt an unnecessary urgency push that at that point in time, even though the timing of it was incorrect. And, and I think that's what ultimately led to her demise. I, I totally agree. I mean, in terms of going for Caleb, 
I have my own issues with that, which we'll, I'm sure, continue to talk through. But I think before we even get to that, we have to look at like where does Sabaya sit? So last week, Brandon goes home. She has said in an exit interview she would yes. prefer Brandon doesn't go home, but she doesn't have a vote last yes. week, so she doesn't have the leverage to put her foot down. She loses Brandon, who has said he was closest to her. She keeps Emily, who, while they have made up, is least close to her, who was someone she seemed yeah. very different from, and she's clearly misreading. Like she horribly misread Emily through this episode, and that was one of the major reasons that she went home. So she's in a suboptimal position. Now, I don't go back on her needing to get Brandon out. Again, there's nothing she can really do anyway. She doesn't have a vote. But even with that, she wants to win immunities. They do win a reward. Like if that's an immunity win, that's massive. So they get closer to that. I get it. You know, they could have got a flint, which is very important for her from an idol perspective. So I get all of that. If you're going to make that move, though, you need to know you're coming in in a suboptimal position against Someone like Caleb, who she, maybe she didn't know as close as he was to Emily, but it's certainly not what you wanted to happen. So you're, you're coming in kind of on the back foot. Then the other part of that that I think is so important is she needs to activate her idol and get her vote back before a possible swap. You know, this is something that's going to be right? done apparently over a very long time in a fire. So this is the time to do it. And the, the, the fences that she swung for where it's like she's going to try blindside a close ally in Caleb, who's so threatening. With Emily, who she's been somewhat distant from, quite distant from, and also without a vote at that time, not knowing if she's even going to have a vote, and while she publicly tries to activate her idol, has to show Emily that she's lied to her face about the idol. So much was trying to get done. She needed to pick a lane, and I strongly don't think that lane should have been Caleb, and we'll talk that through, but pick a lane on... What am I trying to do? What I'm trying to do is just get through this with my vote and my idol. And then in a perfect world where she just does that, they just they vote out Emily and she puts her idol in the fire and they all knew about the idol anyway. She'd come, be coming back with Caleb and Sean who knew about the idol. She'd have her vote. Not that she could have known about this, but that would be an easy vote sacrifice. Like she'd have an idol to the merge and all she had to do was pretty much nothing. And she comes back with Caleb who's a strong ally, a shield, an asset through a swap, like so many good things. Sean who she's so connected to, an idol and her vote. But instead she's like, I'm going to try and do everything with without any leverage. Like it was just, Oh my god! I, and I love Sabaya, but I'm just like, how were you trying to swing for fences that were just they were too far away? Like they were a doctor, her so far away. It's interesting you say that, Shannon. And this is where I think I differ with you. I think we probably agree on the fact that she should have claimed that idol, as it were, in the Brandon trouble. Voting out Brandon was absolutely the bad, the wrong move in this case, um, purely because I I know the perspective I went into into the game is that social capital is primarily your great assets. Uh, trinkets, everything else you can always accumulate, but as far as you can go into the game, you want to have as many people can rely. I My perspective is that you, know, you have no guarantee in terms of what the, the challenges are going to be. For all you know, could subsequently use the next one in any case. So why not try and control what you can, which is the number of loyal people around you as safety. And had she gone out with Sean and battered to try and protect Brandon in that tribal mm. council, it's very easy prospectively, but it's how I felt at the end of the of the second episode anyway, was that You'd rather keep more people inclined to want to work with you than 
someone who's been so brazenly anti um with it though i don't necessarily think that emily was was anti sabaya more than i mean she was she was treading water and you've got to to deflect onto and and i think that that person just happened to be her but ultimately i think wrong move in her case and i think now in Sean's case as well was that was the decision that they made in 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 the in, in the tribal council because you want to you want to try and maintain control what you can in the space of the game um and what you control to chance um and as mm. this episode showed you can't control what kind of challenge you're going to get the so the fact that they got rid of him because they wanted to win a challenge and then didn't anyway would have totally the result of this tribal council been entirely i think look last week i said that you know i i got it as a group to vote out brandon from a challenge perspective and sabaya doesn't seem like she wanted to keep losing in saying that i got it the least with sabaya personally and i could definitely be convinced and am by by what you're saying kind of to take it from that neutrality to something actively negative um, because there's other parts of that as well. Like if she didn't know how close Caleb and Emily were, and if the misread really doomed her, her misread of Emily in this episode, that's already that misread forming. So she's keeping Emily not necessarily knowing how those dynamics don't savor her, which is in itself wrong last week as heading into this week where it's going to be lethal. So I definitely see that. Um, she said in exit interviews that she, you know, thought about how she was going to try get the idol burn last time on her tour. She didn't work out. And that's, I think, the issue is that even if we're saying, okay, it was the wrong thing for her, she didn't have a vote and she was obviously a lot less close to even getting her vote than she was here. And that's where it comes down to these beware advantage that's so, so interesting. Like, I've, that's why I've always said, don't risk your vote. Like, that's been a huge thing for me. Um, and I know I'm speaking to someone who rarely had a vote the first time that you played, but I think that you can probably <laughs> speak to that. You know, Yeah, like, you, you lose so much power. Like, in this new goodwill advantage where you get your vote back, it's been described as like less powerful than an extra vote. I actually disagree. Because I've always said having an extra vote to me is less powerful than like your first vote is more power. Like not having that, not having that agency, like strips you of everything. If you can have an extra vote on top, that can be nice. It's circumstantial, but it can be nice. Whereas not having your voice, which is your vote, the original vote, and now getting it back with a goodwill advantage, that to me is major. So even if we're saying that that would have been so much better for her, and I think we can now kind of come to the conclusion, I don't think it's results oriented. I think we're looking with, New information, you said thought it last week, and I, I I think I am reassessing to think it wasn't it wasn't a good position for her to be in. And she but she just didn't have the leverage, the vote, the voice to make it happen. And I think that's a really unfortunate thing. But I think that if that's gonna happen and you get put into that position, you have to at least know where you stand and not go from that into, well, I'm also gonna blindside the biggest threat, a close ally, and I'm gonna activate my yeah. I'm gonna do all of these things while like I'm already kind of drifting, you know? Like at least I wish she'd been aware of that to be like, that wasn't amazing. And how can I just like get through here with as much capital to the next phase rather than trying to like win my game from this like not amazing position anyway? That's that's exactly it. Um, I think it's she probably, and I didn't get a sense of this in the interview. If if I speculate, I, I know what it's like being out there and um, as a super fan, and you're kind of sort of to play, and and you want to play, and you're you're sort of impatient with 
with the kind of game or or the the lack of be that she felt coming out of the previous tribal council that okay not necessarily in as much as she was part of the she probably felt that she wasn't in the steering position um because like like we've discussed she would have rather had Emily go and and she probably so you're itching to play, you're itching to play, and suddenly the She's itching to play. To Lulu have played more Survivor. <laughs> I know she hasn't voted. I know that like she she never wrote a wrote a name and, down, but Zabaya played a lot. Like you can't tell me that she did this because she was bored. If she's bored, then no, not on Lulu. Like there's no way to respond, please. But it's it's it it just like like I said, I've been scratching my head to try to think like her perspective because the reality of it is is this is that okay i know that there hasn't been a song in the era but had that situation happened who would you have rather gone through with caleb or emily it would have been because you've been in lockstep from day one and not necessarily emily who's been openly antagonistic towards you throughout the course of the so, uh, you know, there's a question mark around that. I, I don't know if it, it, it's a reflection on, on how oh, Emily, you know, reassessed and adjusted and, and climatized to, you know, the people that she was playing with. And it could her to that extent where she would believe that. Or is it, is it simply something that she projected onto Emily? Because you know she was sold on this idea of getting rid of Caleb and mm. needed Emily in order for that to be effective. I, you know, I, I just have so many question marks around, you know, the thought process. And and I think, as I said initially, I think it 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 was her doing that led her into that position. Um, mm. She obviously got nobody else to blame but herself. So in terms of the swap, they were anticipating the swap, I guess, because they wondered, like, how much are they going to let us suffer? Like, how much more can we lose before they just, like, put an end to our misery? Um, and that was a major reason, I think, that she she said that she took out Caleb was the fear that he goes to another tribe and, you know, he's that like, like, they wanted to get in now. Because if they weren't expecting a swap, you'd think get rid of Emily. And then next time she and Sean have the upper hand, are they going to get rid of Caleb anyway? So they seem to like that seemed to be a part of doing it really early was like the fear that something will get changed up, which now it is going to be. And I just disagree with that because I don't think that Caleb is a threat in that way. Like, I think if he has other connections, he's not jumping ship. Like he's hopefully bringing you along. Like he's a tie in to other people and a shield. She, she says she doesn't exactly. like, feel like she wants to play exactly. with shields. It's, it's a perfect thing. Like he's such an asset to you particularly for a swap and if you don't swap like it's, it's rare to get something like that where sometimes you have to do make opposite moves like we see this often in australian survivors like if we're going to keep going down i'm going to make this move we're going to swap or merge i want to make this different move for her she had the perfect scenario where it's like you get rid of emily and you're still two one you know you're getting your vote back or you're one one against either caleb or emily which isn't great you know caleb's going anyway or at a swap there's like extremely likable guy who will help you make connections but it's also so transparent that everyone's plucking him it's like the best asset slash ally slash shield so 
knowing they were anticipating a swap to me doesn't help it at all. And then, you, you know, in, in terms of like how she places Emily in that, I disagree with the decision-making clearly, but my, my, like alongside that, my other major issue would be how badly she was misreading Emily and how much she bet on Emily. Like she's not just bringing Emily in to be part of this. Emily, while she doesn't have her vote and she doesn't know if she's going to get it back, knowing that Emily could turn around and go to Caleb, Emily is a swing vote. And when she risks her vote, she makes Emily the swing vote again. You know, not even assuring herself a plurality of two with Sean when she risks the vote. And I know that it's such a you know juicy carrot to have the idol and she's worked so hard. And I can't even imagine how difficult it would be not like knowing that you'd walk out of that voting booth and you can play the idol now, which you really could have done. It would have been helpful. But you know, knowing that she feels she's going to be wasting the idol and going back to camp with no idol. I can't imagine how difficult that would be. But in saying that, like not to assure yourself the plurality, putting all of the power into the swing vote of Emily. And even if you don't know that Emily and Caleb are tight or you don't know how tight they've been, surely you can think through it's optimal for Emily rather than being a clear third with you and Sean. If she can try and exploit your lack of vote, would she not try and go and be in a, a pair, be in a top two rather than third? Like, and she'd be exploiting something. While you're at camp, you don't have the vote. Would she not be trying to like get in now? Use so much information that you've given her, even if she didn't have that relationship with Caleb, which to his credit, he'd created. But like, even if she didn't, couldn't you think through Emily, who thinks like seems to be very data-driven from an optimal perspective, second with Caleb or first is much better than third with her and Sean, and she's gone next. So exactly. I think she just thought that Emily was relying on just like thank you for saving me without thinking that. She was going to be more offensive than defensive and really set herself in a, in a position that would be a lot better for her long-term and even short-term game. Yeah, well, the same. <laughs> it's... Yeah. She, <laughs> it's she bet it all on Emily. Emily, think about it's the buyer so and Emily. Like she gave her everything. Uh, how much of it has been, you know, I, I subsequently had a question mark about whether or not the relationship with Kate something that was projected and not necessarily something that was inherently there, that maybe they're not necessarily as close as and else might have felt they were. I mean, from episode one, it was something that Emily projected that, you know, Sabai and Caleb are close and had that narrative, but we didn't necessarily get that reaffirmed from either of the two of them um, in terms of them being as number ones so you you almost get the sense that maybe they found themselves in that position where it, it was just one of those things that were assumed within the in, in the tribe and as we saw it play out episode actually she was probably she was closer to sean than she was to him you know um yeah and caleb actually saw that and maybe that is why when emily said what she said you know, started turning for him as well. Yeah, I mean, she. I think she'd done a pretty good job of what would have been a blindside on Caleb. Like, it was smart to make the decoy plan the real plan. Um, it made Tribal Council very interesting, where it's all about Emily. I'm trying to think through the layers. I'm like, Emily knows that she's the decoy of the fake plan, and they should know that she thinks she's the decoy of the fake plan. But actually, the fake plan is the real plan, so she's the decoy of the real plan. Like, there were layers back. Um, so I think she did really well in how Caleb thought he couldn't save 
Emily and, you know, like really seemed to be going with Sabaya and Sean. And you can say that they weren't close. She had, you know, she said she really liked Caleb. She has said she was much closer to Sean. So Sean's her number one. But Caleb is going with her anyway. So I think it's, again, like a misread on, I don't know what a misread, what that could be, because he's showing loyalty to them. He was going to go with them. And next time, if you go to tribal council, you and Sean have the upper hand against him. I actually think that's a really bad miss on Caleb that he was letting it go to that point where he maybe unknowingly was going to be the third. And if they go back to tribal council, it seems like he would have been gone. And Emily's the one who has to redirect it to save him from that fate. There was a swap anyway. But anyway, she's redirecting it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's a it's a perfect social position for Sabaya, where she has like a clear number one and they would be the top two. She's good with Caleb. He's an asset. But, you know, maybe he's closer to her or she's closer to him than he is to her. You know, maybe she's his number one. Um, and you can say Emily was, Spence but he was willing to let Emily Spence go. Was and he wasn't, he wasn't really trying to, to fix it. So it seems like she, she had that relationship where she needed it to be at least. He, I mean, he did say he was prepared to let her go, to let Emily go. Yeah. Um, it, it's only something he reconsidered when he became the target. Yeah, so he if he's willing to take out Emily, I feel like she's like every part of that, she's gotten to where she needs to be. She's like achieved the objective of like she's at the top with Sean and then Caleb. Like the hierarchy couldn't be more perfect. And then she chose to up in the yes, hierarchy. That's and, why and- <laughs> that's why it's like it's so far that that this was the time to try and do this. It because she remained at the top either way, you know. Um Yeah. yeah that- I just think my theory is that she must have just been itching to to play, I guess, more aggressively. And um, timing was completely off. It's crazy, though, because it's been seven days. You've been through so much. And it's the only thing that makes any sense because it's just not worth the big move. And And as well, she had to give so much to Emily to make it happen. Like, she's misreading the information on the idol because she firstly you know, again, is not choosing the path of, okay, maybe Caleb or I try to activate the idol. She has to do both. So then she's going to have to make the idol public. So she's going to have to show it to Emily. And she wants to connect with Emily by showing her the idol. But it was such a bad misread. And I feel like Sabaya's been doing that with Emily the whole time. Like, mm. you know, not not giving her what she needs. Or like, oh, I didn't even realize it was two votes. Like, that's not going to work with someone like Emily. So to go to her and be like, oh, I actually have had it the whole time. What she's actually admitting is not giving her the trust of the information. It's saying, I lied to your face when I said that. So Emily's going to take that badly, even without knowing that Caleb, you know, in secret scenes has been kind of insinuating about Sabaya's idol, been giving her all the information and doing really good work on the side. Sabaya's doing actively bad work with Emily and giving her so much information to take that concrete information back to Caleb. And then Emily can go back to Caleb and she's like, the math just makes so much sense for Caleb that if he's going to vote for Emily and what she's saying is true and Emily's voting for Sabaya and either whether Zabaya gets her vote back or not, it's either a 1-1-1 on Zabaya, Caleb, and Emily, where Sean's the only vote on the re-vote, Caleb goes home, or it's a 2-1-1. And then they obviously 2-1-1 Caleb out of the game. So the fear and the threat of that, just mathematically, and from everything I understand about Emily, she would definitely like draw on that math, means that Caleb definitely <laughs> should just like assure himself, like I think in this floor, like assuring yourself a plurality of two is massive. So if you can go with Emily and really trust in that, and they're going to put two on Zabaya, then, you know, even if he wants to, like, obviously not go to rocks and just say to Sean, like, 
let's get rid of Emily and then come back and be like, oh no, Emily got in my head. I know it was a decoy plan. I, you know, and even if they had been voting out Emily and it's a two-two, and then he sends Emily home, that's I think to me, I'd rather go do that and just assure myself two votes rather than one-one-oneing or two-one-oneing myself out of the game. Like that would be really, really painful. And these small numbers are so so dicey. So the math just made so much sense, and she could go back with that trust and. Yeah, like even if he even if he isn't sure about whether Emily's telling the truth, just knowing she has that one vote on Tobias and hearing his name could be out there, like attaching yourself to that vote is a very powerful thing. Very cool, yeah. I think I really think wow, I think Sean really played this this very well. Um, I think apart from probably an overshare of information, which I think is a running theme <laughs> with the players in this. I think he couldn't have played it better in the sense that he had the foresight to to know that at some point he was going to become, you know, a valuable vote. Um, and to have the foresight and take the time to invest in that <laughs> before it actually becomes an issue and a, and a play and come off as the guy who, you know, when you had no one and you had your... Or, I was the person who was inv- investing in you, you know, when I stood nothing to gain from it. Um, you, you really, he really built that skill that he was able to cash out in, in essence in this episode. So um, I think he played that really well. Also to get that information from Emily um, because she felt that he's the only person she could latch onto. Um, and, and that's, that's really, some good social play, eh? Mm. I mean, I'm I'm lower on Caleb this episode. Like, I think everything he's done yes. up till now is very impressive. Like, that Emily connection, getting his way to a much better situation with Brandon going, like, that was a better setup for him, clearly, and keeping her along has been massive for him. My issues in this episode were obviously, you know, Emily says it. Like, he goes on that journey, and it's not even that he's, like, too charismatic and too much of a threat, which he obviously is, but it's his own obliviousness to that like she said he doesn't know how he's coming across so he thinks that that journey's gone really well but everyone's kind of clocking that he is this like big salesman and how clear that is and he's not knowing that like it's the fact that he's not aware of the fact that Zabaya would be coming for him it's the lack of awareness of how he's coming across even though I think that was a painfully bad and early move it's still not great for him that his allies were willing to turn on him so early, even if I feel like that's a massive unforced error. So it's it's the lack of awareness. It's the fact that he was letting it go to a three where he was the third on. Like, he did great work with Emily, but I feel like I've already, you know, I said great work on that last week. And now, while he built on that, I have to give so much more credit to Emily, who comes in with that information, who, who like, plays him out of, of some of those really bad spots. Um, where I felt like he was getting a little bit outplayed with the fact that Sabaya is closer to Sean and they have the two and he's the third, um, that he was going to let it go to that. Like, I don't feel that that's so great. And then in, but the, the, the best thing, of course, is that he does change his vote. and He doesn't two on one himself or one on one himself out of the game. As much as that would have been numerically so fun to see, it would have been absolutely painful. For right. Um, I, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for this is like the test of whether he's reading what's happening for real. But is that's it, true. Is it, <laughs> right? Is it him trusting his intuition? Or the case of a, I'm just not willing to risk my going home. So I will go mm. with with the sure thing. Uh, yeah. 
listed on yeah. a reverb if there is. I'm I'm not yeah. sure what we got. And I think it's more a case of him just not being prepared to not going home. I think that's fine um, though. Like if he's gonna be conservative, like, that's quite good. clear that he couldn't trust his he couldn't necessarily just read of what was was happening in his own tribe and had to heavily rely on the information that Emily had given him. Yeah, and I also didn't even have a sense when he's talking about going to tribal council, it kind of felt like even if he didn't believe, even if he didn't believe Emily, he's still at that point, if he doesn't believe Emily, then he's actively the swing vote between what are going to be votes for Emily, Sean's vote for Emily, and Emily's vote for Zabaya. So it kind of felt like he was actually weighing that up, which in that case, if that were the truth, like he should vote out Tobias again, like he shouldn't be the third. If he's aware of the situation, even the situation where they keep Caleb along as the third, he should be going with Emily. So I kind of wondered if he was weighing that up. And even if he didn't believe her thinking, okay, I can make this move. But once he thinks Tobias has her vote back and it wouldn't be, you know, him between one vote each, it would be, you know, he'd be taking it to a two, two at best. Um, it kind of felt like he must have really felt there was heat on his name and he was trying to, yeah, like really keep that plurality to make sure he doesn't get sent home in like some ridiculous vote split. Because once he thinks they have two votes, he's he's not the, the swing vote anymore. So I felt like he was probably quite defensive. I just don't think that's that, that bad a thing. Like you should be conservative if you're hearing your name. And I guess like there were right reads on that when he gets that information. So I think that part is good. I just think like it was almost a disaster for Caleb. Like there was a time where... You know, like everyone's saying what a threat he is, like they're going for him and then Emily's the one who turns it around. So I give him the credit for setting that up with Emily, but then I also have question marks about how we even got to the point where she had to like jump in front of a bullet for him. It was crazy. <laughs> right, but it would have been cool to have a, a rock episode three. Yeah, it would have been cool to do. I don't think they ever would have gone to rocks. I think they probably could have worked it out either way. But yeah, we could have had a 2-1-1. We could have had a 1-1-1. We could have had a 2-2. <laughs> And even though we got a kind of a more, you know, you would think boring 2-1 vote, it was so interesting that Tobiah goes into tribal council, no vote, no idol, gets back her idol and her vote, sacrifices her vote, and then leaves so, with the uh, idol uh, she's just extended. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, it was so much going on at that tribal council. Oh, my word. <laughs> at the rate that we're going, they can pretty much have a returnee season of, of people who've never at this or a whole tribe. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you didn't vote through how many tribal councils? Was it two or three? It was two. It was two. Yeah. <laughs> so this was her third tribal council and she didn't vote. Brandon didn't vote. Hannah didn't vote. <laughs> None of them <laughs> so that you're saying they could be a returning season. Every single person from every single person. There's one tribe of people season. who never voted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just all of Lulu. Like, we get back to that point where somehow... All three, all six of them somehow just never vote. Yeah, you know, led it was, by Chris Noble and Sydney. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, Claire, Zach Wurdenberger, Jordan just did a question about this on on Twitch. Yeah, the people who've never voted in US Survivor, um, you would be there. Although you voted in a returning season, does that count? You've put pen to parchment since, so I don't know. Oh, I, I've voted. I've left the club. <laughs> Yeah, you're out. You're looking back fondly, like I don't want to be in that, yes, that like, club anymore. I'm not. But it's so common now. 
so it's crazy um yeah i mean this was this was really fun from a more positive aspect because we have just like kind of ragged on sabaya and i for me caleb for like 40 minutes um let's talk about emily what did you like about what emily was doing specifically here because i think i love emily you know, i job. feel like emily yeah. is tv gold um yeah <laughs> um I, I think her adaptability has been incredible i think her three episode arc has been fascinating from being that person who I think in episode one who couldn't manage their own impulses almost moment of reminding me of um like myself even where there's so much that you want to do but your own just runs and, and retrospectively you're like oh no I shouldn't have said that oh no I shouldn't have done that to to almost the time to to climatize i think is the best way to put it in the game and and be measured and evaluate that all right caleb is my guy and i'd rather be in a pair than be number three out of a use that agency effectively and and Mm -hmm. and and wait bide your time um have and be proactive in terms of you know okay i can myself for for one vote or possibly be the person who knows that they're treading water come the next tribal council. I've really, I've really enjoyed, you know, her trajectory through the the three episodes and and seeing how how she's grown. She's done amazing in the two episodes since she was meant to be the first boot. She obviously really turned <laughs> it around, and I, I really do admire like not just playing defensively of what's a buyer basically thought she would do, which is like, as long as it's not me. And look, there's, there's a time and a place for as long as it's not me, but she saw the opportunity to actively advance her position. And while we said it last week, like while Caleb did a great job with her, she has also played into that and been like socially great with Caleb. So yeah, it's been really, really good. I mean, and, and there's also, there's other parts to it. Like if Sabaya is lying to her and she has been actually the vote, like if, if it's a decoy plan and again, like she was a decoy plan. But the decoy plan of that decoy plan was this. So if that's a fake plan, then you you if you convince Caleb and you get those two votes, there's something there. Just getting if, this is what I want to say for four person votes. And again, we don't get them in the end of US Survivor. We have a lot of small tribes. Um, just get two. If you can just get to two people, if you can just get yourself to the conversation or a two one one or something in four, you get you get a lot out of that. So for Emily, if they're lying to her and she goes to Caleb and convinces him, and there were two votes on her. Maybe Caleb says, sells her out at a rock draw. Maybe he doesn't. You know, like those two votes could be so important. So while her reads seem to be good and she seemed to know they weren't going for her, just getting those two votes. And here we see, you never know when in, in New Era Survivor, someone just loses a vote or sacrifices a vote. Anything can happen. You can get just two votes in these small tribes. I think it's really, really important. So she does so well with that. She She convinces Caleb, obviously, to the point where whatever his reason was, whether he was being defensive, he saw the math, whether he was trying to make an active decision and chose her, all of that stuff is really good for her. So yeah, she's just doing, um, I think a lot of really, really good stuff. And yeah, I mean, what can we say? Two really phenomenal episodes of Emily. What did you make of that moment at the beginning of the episode where two things happen? First, Sabaya gives back Emily's shot in the dark and Emily seems surprised by this. And then Emily, you know, is like, oh, why was that two votes? And then Sabaya lies to like, what did you make of that whole kind of post-tribal scene? Um, okay, two things. I think that's probably, if you if you really wanted to go in with the magnifying glass, that's probably where I felt that Emily 
in the sense that probably thinking out aloud, and it's one of those scenarios where probably be more sensible to kind of grab Caleb to the side and be like, yo, what happened with the numbers? This is mm. the sense that I'm getting. She didn't as the implication of um that that's why I say she has that she almost has that impulsive spell where it's like she's thinking out aloud and then it's out there. Whereas it's that's the kind of thinking process that you've you've almost you've got to be able to have someone that you can bounce off. And obviously the maths didn't add up. Um, but you're still in a precarious position, you know, but you don't want the rest of the tribe going that reading into what's actually happened. Um, so I think that's probably uh, in terms of missteps, probably the mistake made the step that she probably made in the episode. Um, so by giving the shot in the dark back was probably, I don't know. I don't, I don't think in terms of gameplay, I, I question that. I think, um, I know I wanted to build some element of social capital with Emily. Uh, but the reality of it is that she felt at that point um, that she was at the bottom of the tribe. Um, it's so easy to say this when you're sitting at home and watching. But I think better move would probably been to wait for her to ask for it back um, because that opens up uh, opportunity to interrogate what her motives are then in the game moving forward. Um, you know, at a position where where she had just held on to it and Emily felt, okay, we're getting rid of Sabaya. And she asked her for her shock back. Um, that would have obviously sent some kind of alarm bells as to, okay, what's happening tonight, you know? Uh, whether it was something she to interrogate the moment or would have fed into her overall decision, I think, with the idol. Let me know if you if you feel like I'm I'm stretching, uh, but I it would have made sense to kind of hold on to it and see whether or not she asks for it and when she does. I, I see that, but I think my issue is that you know playing the show in the dark or, or keeping the show in the dark would be very antisocial and they've like voted out Brandon to try and like move forward as this group like there's a chance you never go back to tribal as this group so you're trying to make those long-term bonds so for that I was kind of surprised that Emily was even surprised that Sabaya gave it back because you know the the fear is of course that she's on the bottom she's going to play that 17% chance but Sabaya clearly had some pretty long-term plans for Emily so I think treating her more as like you know, a real social ally and not someone to be you know like what you're talking about of analyzing her it's very transparent it's like I'm waiting to see what you do. I'm trying to like have the upper hand over you, which is like not like a great kind of garden for those social bonds to grow. So I think giving it back was like, I thought that was great from Sabaya. What I thought wasn't as good, while, while I agree that Emily should know, you know, go to Caleb as she does the next day. He's your confidant. Be like, what's going on with the votes? Clearly that, you know, I can count to two. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> right. Great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I think she can, she can do that. But, you know, there's no ill intent. She's just kind of, saying it out loud when she shouldn't. I thought that there was some bad stuff on Sabaya. Like you've given the shot in the dark back because you're trying to be social, because you don't want to feel like you need the upper hand or the ability to assess her. Like we're all friends here. And then you're lying to her face in a way that I felt she had nothing to answer for. Like she should have, I thought, and this is also easy from the couch and like 
maybe expecting a lot. But like, if she knows that that's how the votes are going to be read, and that is how Jeff would read the votes, we're all super fans here, like literally in the cast, they are all super fans. Surely there should have been some thought around, maybe we should tell Emily beforehand because she's exactly the kind of person who will be able to count to two and work that out. <laughs> so I, yeah, I just felt like Sabaya had nothing. Like I didn't even notice that there was two votes. Like that just, did, it was enough, just a, a, the wrong read of how Emily wants to be treated. So I was like low on how Sabaya handled that. I thought she should have had more to answer for, at least a plan of what you're going to say if Emily's going to ask you and just put it out there. That's true, but yeah, you don't. <laughs> it wasn't as she thought that. Uh, uh, l- let me say she assumed that she only would just hold to be around, you know. Mm. Um, which each player is, but you're already thinking onto the next, onto the next thing. After yeah, have, you know. Yeah, I think she just she wasn't understanding Emily. Um, there was such a disconnect there and there was just such a misread the whole time. And that was like ultimately her demise. I'd love to talk about some of these advantages before we get to, well, we, we talk about Reba because Reba has, he, they have safety without power, the goodwill advantage and the beware advantage and right. the other tribes have nothing. So they are very much like have holding all the loot of this season. So we can talk, talk through that. I'd love to get your thoughts on what did eventually doom Sabaya as well, which is this like, extended idol mechanism about risking your vote for an idol we have seen it like with lauren last season thanking a vote for another vote which i always thought was really not amazing like she had to lauren had to risk her vote to win a banker vote to then sacrifice her vote then gain just an extra vote i was like the math is not mathing on that but to me you know having a risking your vote for an idol that's a much more legitimate choice there so what do you think about this as a mechanism that the show has put in i love it i i (laughs) I felt this is exactly the type of thing we were looking for from the producer. Just in her cure, the decision-making for her, Mm -hmm. obviously it cost her in this case, but I love the idea that you can strengthen your, your vote. I mean, your, your idol through your vote. And it really, we're moving more and more towards that idea of, of strengthening the vote currency ultimately. And, and I think it's something that, Certainly moving forward, um, players should have a lot more options. You know, it's, 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 it's like, okay, I have a vote, but if my vote is inconsequential and you're of that in tribal council, obviously it ties the power of that idol with, with um, how strong your social and your social and what your reads are because you can't make the decision um, unless you're aware of what is actually going on in your trial, uh, and and not only aware, but do you actually trust the reads that you're getting off of it? So I mm. think it it really it simplifies of the social game, which which Survivor is ultimately about, you know. Um, and I I love I love this. I'm I'm looking for how it with others. I mean. It, it gave us possibly one of the best episodes we've seen in a good while in a in a in a pre-merge. It's played out like unfortunately for Zabaya, but like so well already in that, yeah, if this is just a regular idol and she keeps her vote, it's a two-two, and we don't know what happens at that point. Like the fact that she goes home by one vote with the idol that she extended is just like it's like a Greek tragedy. And 
I really do love that. Like any time that the show oh, can give that like very, very legitimate decision-making where of course she wants to extend her idol. And I actually really get that as a decision. Like you will do whatever you can to extend the idol, especially to get through two votes to get it from just like a, a temporary idol into a full-term idol. Like I totally get why everyone, well, you'll try and move mountains to do that. But you have to be able to trust your reads, as you're saying, have the right reads and have the right social capital to put yourself in that powerful position. So firstly, like definitely great that people are being rewarded for that and getting power through that rather than just like necessarily going on like, you know, treks and hunts for idols. That's just more interesting <laughs> for us. And to give them like such a real decision. Yeah, I, lo- I love watching them like really have to grapple with that. Um, and and watch the buyer put Emily in that swing vote position and give her all the power rather than keeping how important one of four votes would have been for her at that point and just not knowing and misreading the social dynamics to know how much she needed that for something that was legitimately worthwhile. Like you would, I would be screaming if she'd done this for something like an extra vote. But for like extending the idol, I do get it. But she, it just, <laughs> it, it, it pointed out and shot a spotlight on all the, the issues in her game. So yeah, it just works so well. You really have something against extra votes. <laughs> well, I really, I just, I feel like bank, because we've seen people bank for an extra vote and I, I don't get that as much. But this for an idol, I get it, but it was not the time. And it just, if it never does anything else, <laughs> and we never get a great moment from this again, it would have honestly been worth it for how ridiculously good this moment was with Sabaya. So that's such a huge tick. The advantage is being less powerful and you needing to do more to activate them and extend them. I think is great. And what I also think is really fun about it is that even if, you know, even if she'd, she'd let it die here, she would have this idol to bluff. And that's not the same as like in 44 and they gave them fake idols and they gave them notes and they like handed it to them. Like first you'd need the strategic ingenuity to just think I'm still going to bluff with this, you know, something that like Chrissy did in HHH with a, an idol that had expired. So I'm going to try to use that. Obviously the other players like Emily can work out a number of votes. So there's some accountability that you'd have to work around or gain trust. Like it, it's much harder to use, but if you have enough trust and enough creativity, you can still hopefully use it to bluff. So there's so much there that they just, it's its really the theme of the season. Like how are the players making decisions to play and not how is production playing the players? And it's just, I think, yeah, a really, really fun mechanism that they've added. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Um, really, really fun one. What about the the goodwill advantage, which we see that Caleb comes and it's part of the ray that he can give it to someone. So in terms of A, like the, the idea of someone giving him this cross-tribal goodwill advantage and then it being this extra vote. Well, no, it's a, the first, your actual vote, like basically regaining a lost vote. Well, how did you feel about that? Uh, isn't it just extra vote that you that you can't keep but hand over to someone else. <laughs> well, it's I don't I don't see I don't feel that it is for me because I think there's a lot more to it because I think again like losing your vote is so much more than just not having an extra vote. Not having an extra vote is okay. what you're meant to have. You know, like to me, it gives a lot of power to if you know you have this and you go on the journey. Now you're going to risk. You know, like it gives you the opportunity to play a bit bigger with a bit of a safeguard, knowing you're not going well, you know, to let your alliance down and not have the Fair thing enough. you're meant to have, you know? So I, I, I quite like that. Fair enough. Um, again, I, I'm appreciative of mechanisms that allow players or give players the opportunity to elevate their social capital um, because I, that's, that's what makes for interesting survivor 
in, in mm. my view. And 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 seeing it play out the way it did, I thought geez, Caleb has, you know, the goal to ask a tribe that he's just walked into to talk to everybody <laughs> one-on-one. And that's mind-blowing. And they agree to it. it. It was just bizarre. Or it speaks to, you know, how disarming he is. Um, but I, I love the way that he played it. But it was still, like, so shocking and so glaring <laughs> that, you know, they just allowed to walk in there do as he pleased and, you know, he didn't affect any kind of damage to the tribe and he literally was able to pick up who the person who's at the center of the gameplay in that particular tribe was <laughs> and first power that very person. So it, it played out very well. <laughs> yeah. Well, in terms of taking them all individually, Kendra, which we didn't see, Kendra two weeks ago went to Lulu and I think she'd done a similar thing because she'd had a vote to vote for one of them. And I think she'd also kind of like conducted these like one-on-one interviews. So maybe, not that Reba were a part of that, but maybe that's like where he got the idea or like, you know, how he was using that or the bit of like the culture that's coming through on that. But again, like Reba aren't necessarily a part of that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I thought Caleb did well with that. I know there's been conversations like, should you give it to the person who... Like, all you know about them is they have something else and they're, you know, obviously loose lip with it. I tweeted this, like, for Drew, it'll be like, hey, Drew, how are you? He's like, I'm good. And I have safety without power. Like, you can't say one word to Drew without him telling you that he has safety without power. <laughs> right. um, but I like it. I, I honestly think, like, we've talked about it. Like, safety without power, not super, super powerful, as is in the name. And he's used it to make so many connections. He gets the goodwill advantage through that. Also, I was reading the note with Safety Without Power. We know in the international versions, you can send other people. This one said you can go. I was So I'm not sure. I don't know if it can be used even as creatively or dynamically as international, where you could like, oh, we have five to five and I'm sending you out. Like, you know, I, I think you could maybe give it to an ally, but I don't think you could force it on someone based on the terminology. So if that's the case, it's even more limited, which I don't love. So even more so, like the fact that he's used, Drew has used this with so much goodwill. And the fact that Caleb meets that information to, again, give a not very powerful advantage, but just make a connection with someone who's well-connected or at at the very least, as he knows, has something and, you know, has has really, again, they like meet each other on the social level. I thought that was a great interaction from both of them. But yeah, I I think the only question mark I have is it seems at this point that Drew just leaks information. Well, he leaked safety without power. He didn't right. leak the beware advantage and then he got in trouble for it. So it's hard with Drew because it's like, <laughs> is he too open? But then he literally got in trouble for not being open enough. Like, yeah. Like, okay. like, what is the story? Or like, what is it? Is it his gameplay? Because he understands that this is now still at the trial, um, at, 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 at the beginning of the game where, you know, you're looking out for the tribe and he wants to earn goodwill and, we're singing Kumbaya, this is what we have, it's for everyone, even though it's actually his. I just have so many question marks and and around the idea of, will there ever be anything that is, you know, secret advantage in this season? But the advantages, as we're saying, are much less powerful. So maybe that's how you use, like in, in in a season where it's idols with expiration dates or it's like, you can get your vote back or safety without power. Like 
maybe those are the exact kind of advantages that you do want to tell people about because they're not as threatening. So I, I think that like this is this is the most where you want to be really truthful. And I think it's played out really well. I think we see from Drew where they where he came up short. This well, not that Drew could ever be short, but what was wrong for him in this episode was that he hadn't been open with his with his allies. And he very much used it. He was like, oh well, you know, I didn't want to tell you Austin's thing when he comes clean. And I'm like, you can believe that from Drew because he's like, have you met me? Like I would have told you my thing. I tell everyone about my thing, but I don't want to tell <laughs> Austin's thing. So I, I think I like that Drew has been open. You know, like I think the most unfortunate thing for him and Austin was obviously getting caught, you know, red-handed, reba-handed, searching for this idol, lying to Dee and Julie's faces when they ex- explicitly were like, we're not going to be mad, but just tell us. And they lied again. That all of that was so unfortunate. All of the secret <laughs> right. he had with these allies was super, and was super unfortunate. And that's Austin's choice if he doesn't want to tell about his beware advantage. Really, it is his. Then at the point where they start being transparent, where they, you know, do tell them about goodwill and immediately brings D in and then they, you know, tell them about beware and they all find it together. Like that seems to unite them even stronger. So all of that transparency, largely led by Drew, I feel, has been really, really good for this alliance. He obviously recovered very well from that because they still got the hack, which was, that was just like a mind blowing moment for me because I, I thought that that the girls actually just didn't go and, and find themselves in that moment. Um, but it obviously you didn't like speaks that? to... I would have considered it not telling them in that moment. Um, but it, it you almost got the sense that it was a foregone conclusion that, okay, um, we'll give the hammer to Austin and, you know, they can finish that up. So they are they are... In everything that they have in that and banking it on that alliance, which which is a legitimate decision at this time, but I sure it's so early in the game, you know, you have no idea what's going to happen when during the course of the game. So I, I certainly would have given it some thought. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I mean, they, they did seem both Julie and Dee like very much on the same page of giving the hammer back to the guys. And but I've really liked that in the season. I've liked, you know, like Brandon, even though he went home in that episode, you know, handing off Beware to Sabaya. I thought that was brilliant because I thought, you know, if he keeps it, he's like signing his own death warrant. Like in a world where Sabaya sees him get it, he's lost his vote. He's going to have to try and get it, which we know would have been really, really difficult by the time he went home. Now it's like a ticking clock where you have to get rid of him because it's a threatening thing where an idol will come into play, but it hasn't come into play. Like there was so much good stuff there. It was like my favorite move that Brandon made last week. So giving away something, like I think that there's a lot to be gained. For for Dee and Julie, what they gain is their alliance is like fully on track and they can try hide it and they can keep digging at the X trees, which I really feel by the way, did not need a clue. Like those are just two trees making an X in the forest. Like that really (laughs) seems clear anyway. But if they just keep digging, it's like, Oh, we don't know if we found it. There's so much mistrust on this alliance. And the biggest gap in edit we have is that we don't really know where Sifu and J Maya sit, especially J Maya. Like, are they not social options for anyone? Like why? We kind of saw with Sifu, but like, why have they been so ostracized? Like, is this, is there no, like this with Bello, like this, yes. you know. I had a question connected. mark about that as well. Yeah. It's, it's, 
It's like, it, yeah, it's where do so they separate. fit in in this equation? Yeah, well, it's it, honestly, they we don't know. Themselves, but yeah. they look like they're all fun to, but there hasn't been a, you know, a specific reason as to why that, that force I'm kind of hated towards specifically. Yeah, we, well, we then we don't know that. All we see is them like, they're like, we have to babysit Jemai and Sifu. So if it really feels like their social options are very much this four, I feel like whether they find out that they got beware and they own it, whether they tell them that, whether they just figure that out for themselves because they never find anything, the guys figure that out, whether they just kind of keep playing dumb and are we just still looking for it. There's just so much mistrust there. And that's just not a legitimate alliance going forward. Whereas the fact that they've done this together, I mean, again, like the threat is on Austin. It's not the same as handing off Beware because he actually gets his vote. He gets the idol. We're much further down in the process. But there's still the threat on him. He still could use it for them. And I just think it brings them all together in a way that I really enjoy the fact that Dee is articulating her game and approaching it of like alliances are the most important thing. And she is right. Um, as we're yes. seeing, especially when, not that she knows this, but advantages are, you know, less powerful than they've been. It, is her alliance worth what might be a one episode idol? Definitely not. A couple episodes, even to the final five. Like at this stage, I really think she, she needs to, you know, put those relationships forward. And so does Julie. So I thought that was really great from both of them. As much as I'm a suck in the moment to hand it off, I feel like it's kind of a no brainer to do it. I like the way that she's thinking about it. And I think that the whole alliance, you know, does come back here pretty much through Drew and, and Dee and Julie. Like, they get through this hump even stronger. So it feels like they must all be doing some pretty good work to get through that and, like, give a lot of trust over what was clearly a breach in trust at the beginning. I do have a question around this, though, that I'd love to ask you because we, we've been ta- I've been talking about this with my brother and I just would, would love to get your thoughts. Say they do take the hammer and they yes. break the rock and then they get the idol. So now they've gotten Austin's, like, beware idol. So does he lose his vote until the merge, do you think? Does he never get it back? Is he alerted to the fact that someone has something because if he were to go up to vote, they'd be like, oh, you either you failed, you've lost your vote till the merge, or you failed, that trek is over, you get your vote, but you don't have the idol. Like, do you have a sense of where you think? Because it's it's not the same as, like, other beware idols where you have the thing. And then you just need to say the phrase and either works or it doesn't. This is like, you have the first part. Someone could just, even last week, I felt like with the buyer's idol, someone could just stumble upon that maybe. And yeah. then would you, so do, do you think that he would lose his vote still? Or where, like, where do you think that would be? I, I don't think so. I think what, what would happen is that you clear whatever the next part of, let's say they had the hammer, but they didn't have the idol. So my natural chain of ownership would mean that that would transfer onto Julie because she's the one who has to mm. imply that the same would apply to the idol. So I think from, from a production point of view, Austin wouldn't know that he had a vote until he went up to the booth mm. um, and would only discover women that because that idol has been claimed, because the loss of the vote is tied to the finding of the idol. That, I think, mm. the relationship would lie. So he could still assume that, okay, because it hasn't been found, I don't have an idol. I mean, I don't have, and only when he gets onto the voting booth. 
um, which again would make for like mind-blowing television because it would be like, oh my word, am I alive to me in essence, you know, that whole process of, <laughs> oh love, do you see that playing out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't and but I don't think that would happen. You know, that minute or whatever in the voting booth to try and yeah. decipher what is actually going on and what it means and what you should do about in the, Yeah, you'd never be you never see crazy. someone sad to have their vote. You have a vote and you'd be like, no. Because you would know. <laughs> right. Like that you would be that like, would I really don't want my insane. vote because something's happened. But I don't but I don't think that would happen because I don't think the hammer said beware. So, like, say that someone yes. just was digging at the extremely inconspicuous X trees, and they found the hammer, and the hammer said, "Go hit the rocks." Yeah. I mean, it is possible that they only hide the next step once it's been activated by finding the first step. But even so, clearly there are ways where someone else can take ownership of something. If it was South African, I would say, "Probably do do that." <laughs> I'd never let Larue live down the fact that I searched and and. In later episodes, there was an actual idol there. Yeah. So, so that's probably yeah. how it goes. But I, I feel like for me, I think the order of operations is like if Austin has taken Beware and and waged his vote basically to like complete this mission in time, basically by the by Murgatory. And if he doesn't get it done for any reason, including someone else has swiped his idol, I think he just doesn't have his vote. Do you think they know what happens? Do you think production knows? <laughs> no, man, but it's, I, I think him losing it is directly linked to the idol being found. Um, but he didn't find it. I think it's linked to his yeah, but it, it, achievement it, 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 of the it, mission. It's it found. So, I don't, I don't um, think so. I would guess that he lost so. his vote. I think I would guess he loses. Like that, that's what would make sense to me. But it honestly is kind of like a nonsensical. So he would thing. carry. He would be stuck with until marriage. That would be bonkers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like that's what, like, with, with the phrases, for example, you could have wagered your vote till the merge, and if the other tribes never found the idol, then that was it. You know, like so, it's kind of like that that out, you know, external interference in some way. Maybe that's what feels similar enough to me. Yeah. <laughs> We agree Who? to disagree. Yeah, well, I mean, look, look, we neither of Who? us know. I just, I just hope production knows. Yeah, we don't uh, know. We're speculating. Yeah, exactly. Without an object, yeah. Who, who from this tribe is standing out to you though? Who, who's, who are you kind of rooting for on Reba? Because I know you said your team Lulu generally, and I think that Lulu have definitely all been stars. But does anyone stand out here? For me, Drew. I, I've really. I think he's going to. He's going to have a deep run, hey. Mm. There's something about being the person, um, not just that everyone wants to work with. It's that thing that, you know, a player like Dino had um, and he eventually won. It's um, Kieran had in the previous season. There's, there's something there that where everybody just trusts <laughs> Um, I can't put my finger on it, but it's it's obviously it might be an aura about him that that he just gives off where he is and he's trusted. And I think I get the inclination that he's going to have a pretty deep run. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, he was the last draft pick in the RJP draft, and Brandon was the first draft pick. So all in all. <laughs> Just a stellar success for the draft. But uh, I, I agree, he's doing great. 
He's doing. Did really you have well. a winner pick? Uh, it was Subai. <laughs> oh no! You could have lied. <laughs> Your Winnipeg's gone already. You could have lied. <laughs> it's because I just loved her. I loved her energy. I really thought, you know, I didn't think she would misstep the way she did in this in this episode, but could have lied. Yeah. But, but like I said, I love Emily, and I want to see her go deep. Um, I loved Subaya. I'm rooting for Sean. As like as Sabaya's yeah. proxy now? As Sabaya's, as, as you know, <laughs> number one. So I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. But but the kind of edit he's, he's had so far, much hope. <laughs> it's almost like you can't help but read the edit that you've been given, you know? So mm. these people that are, are kind of left in the background, I'm not sure how deep their run is going to be. I mean... <laughs> Um. Yeah. So those those picks. Eh? What about we haven't spoken about Bello? Um. We got so much of their dynamic. They never found anything. It was literally all on this tribal dynamic, and they're never going to go to tribal council. Who is standing out to you on Bello? Um. Obviously, Brandon and um and Kelly. I think are the two players that are in the middle in that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's obviously like I said there's obviously something that is appealing to the other players about the two of them so I, I think they'll probably be in for a run Katura, and I like Bruce which is hilarious because <laughs> she can't stand <laughs> she can't yeah. stand him uh, I get feeling that that might be like <laughs> The source of her demise, the fact that she can't, she can't pain the fact that for whatever reason he irritates her, you know, um, and mm. allows that to cloud her perspective. Sometimes that's not the best thing to do. Uh, but again, it's one of those scenarios where players can't can't help themselves. Their underlines mm. are like, I can't stand this person. You know, life in camp would be better if they just weren't around. And mm. and if she's that vocal about it, um, I would bet that it's probably visible to him around camp as well. It's very hard to hide. Well, Katura needs to link up with Emily at the swap because Emily had her own issues with Bruce on the map. So she needs to find the yeah. other Bruce hater. <laughs> and they can, right. they can ride that one. but. I mean, I don't know about Katura because I feel like, you know, the first episode, she lies about being a lawyer. And we've always said, like, don't lie about your profession. It doesn't feel necessary. You're creating, like, unnecessary distance. <laughs> he is the Well, my brothers were so, like, strong on this. He's a lawyer as well. Don't tell anyone if you play Survivor. But, like, it was like I, we always say, like, don't lie. Now Jake's in the wrong for lying and Katura's in the right because they seem to hate liars. Like, it's just all flipped around. And I was like, maybe it's adaptable. Maybe it's situational. And now... It's like, you know, while it probably did paint a pretty negative target on Jake as a first impression, you know, in those like very shallow kind of early, early days, now that they've gone past that, Jake gets to be this like really authentic person. He does have these like great real bonds with, you know, even with like we see with Kendra, which I thought was really good socially from both of them. And then we're hearing from Katura, like not just the Bruce stuff, but Kelly calls her like 
you know, she's like, Katura is scary. Brando calls her hard to read. So you kind of wonder if like she's put on this front a little bit that maybe was socially worse. So now I feel like he was, my brother was right in that you don't lie about that thing. Um, and, you know, Jake has seemed to recover from being a lawyer um, to get to at least in front of Bruce and to make his own allies. And Katura now, it seems like is, is in a worse spot. So I don't know what, where it's going to go with Katura or Bruce, because I also see with Bruce, like, let alone Emily, like, he seems to be like, you know, having issues with people. Even during the challenge, Kelly was kind of grumbling about it from the bench and Kendra was apologizing on his behalf to Caleb. So Bruce is obviously like a big personality. He's like this one outlier and that he's played, you know, half a day of the game before, which has been something people have really had on their radar. Like I'm, I'm not meaning to, to dismiss it. Like people have really been thinking about the 12 hours that Bruce spent. So I do kind I of can't believe that being, they're making such an issue I know. Of I, it I also it's, see it's his second chance. Like, are you joking? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what Couture is really... It is his second time. It's like, but he never... He, he, he didn't even actually wake up on the beach. He never actually even woke up one day. Like, uh-huh. if you've literally... It's not even like he went camping. Like, if you've been to the beach and just stayed a little bit late, that was Bruce <laughs> playing Survivor. Like, how can you say this is second time? Like, it's bizarre. But it doesn't matter because anything that, that anything people will, will will utilize and get behind, I think would be an issue for Bruce. Just so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. Like, I don't know who would win that war. It's so bizarre, though. It's, it's really weird. <laughs> this is the second time. Like, it's... he literally played one challenge. Not, it's like, it's not only was he there for only 12 hours, he was concussed. Like, he wasn't even <laughs> in the experience. It's so unfair. He finished the challenge, was... did he? He did. I can't did even he remember Did that. he finish it? No, he was on did the ground. Finish, or was he pulled off because he was beat? No, well, the last oh part was like when, when, they, when Carolyn was getting the... um. The, the the key off the rings, and he wasn't doing that part because he was like sitting out. He'd done his part of the challenge, but that's when he got concussed. Like he pl- he's play played literally less than anyone has played in like any LRG. Like he truly played less Survivor than I played right. my hand Survivor night, my Bachelorette Survivor night. Like <laughs> the fact that anyone could use this against him, <laughs> crazy. It's so bizarre, crazy. But, he didn't go to sleep. But when like, someone he didn't have has a tunnel vision like Katura has with, with Bruce, yeah. it's almost like he, there's nothing you can say that yeah. will redirect that. It's like people have their eye on their target and that's it. They don't gonna hear anything else. I know I was like that. You you just have, okay, this is on a play. person is obstructing, you know, this this goal that I have, so they just need to go, and you're not going to hear anything else. Somebody else tells you to yeah. the contrary. It is and not that's the a that good strategy. Yeah, it's it's not good to be so zeroed in on one person. We even say this. I say this with The Bachelor. If you're on The Bachelor and you hate someone so much, and there's a rivalry, like, I mean, I guess The Bachelor could still choose you, but likely you're going to go on a two-on-one date where one of you will go home, and then shortly after the other one will go home, like. It, I think, like, I know that it sounds stupid to compare to The Bachelor, but making your experience so solely That's about one other thinking. person is just not the way to, I mean, definitely to woo The Bachelor, but also to, like, play a social game. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely don't so, um, credit that. Vincent, they'll be swapped together. I'm like, there's no <laughs> way we'd be going to be yeah. swapped together. <laughs> yeah well it will be bruce katura and emily of her talking about how she doesn't like bruce <laughs> yeah 
Well, I mean, actually, I already saw Bruce is in a yellow buff and Emily's in blue. So at least they'll be separate um, because Emily has already... Bruce was in a yellow buff, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? Because we saw... I would love it to be two tribes. I'd love to get to a bit of a bigger tribe. Maybe someone's an exile or it's uneven tribe. They probably wouldn't do that. Um, 15 people to me makes me think it'll be three tribes. But... Because I think in the preview, we see Bruce has a yellow buff. We see Emily has blue. And then we see people in red buffs, but it's all original Reavers and they have like a yellow bag. So I think that could be pre-swap. So I don't know. Do do you think it would be two or three tribes? I'll probably go for three, but I would have loved it to have been two. Mm. Um, The two tribes is a problem set. Um, it, it's like you're hitting day one again because the sizes then become bigger mm. and you're sort of playing the game again. So, yeah, the, yeah. the fact that it's 15 people says it's probably they're going to swap. Maybe they just do it for the one and then swap to two tribes. Yeah, well, that would be kind of silly, but maybe. I mean, we we, we see that these yeah. small tribes, obviously, like this has been fascinating, but I think, again, it's like trying to get away from that homogeny and you're just something different in a pre-merge game, I think would just give a really refreshing dynamic, but I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, we should just be happy to get a tribe swap. Like, that's so exciting. I know that they swapped three people around last season, but that is not the same as like a full-on drop-your-buff everyone resetting into whatever configuration it's going to be. So very, very excited about whatever change this was made. I think it's great for the format of the season, you know, for people to expect to swap, maybe not rely on as much physically. And I think that will be really, really good for the gender dynamics of the season, for the things that people value. And it's just, it's just fresh. Like Lulu could have gone back and maybe, you know, we see like, Emily and and Caleb vote out Sean or maybe one of the other tribes like we finally get to see how that plays out but we're so invested in those players and dynamics from this anyway that watching how those relationships get to that next stage and how that you know doesn't necessarily go away but just adjust to a new configuration I think is really interesting so very very excited like I love the episode anyway and then when it ended with a drop your buff next time on I was like I think this is this is everything I've wanted like this is just like they they listen to me. Maybe not me, but they listen no, to they, the, they the voices. On the, mark, <laughs> on the mark with the season. It's it's yeah. been really fun. And I mean that idea of even with Jake and his dive and that moment of dizziness, you know, I saw I thought to myself, you know, the number of times that that actually happens out there, uh people it would be shocked how often stuff like that actually happens because just being dehydrated and 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 being hungry it's a touch of the old school feel of sort of the harshness of the conditions that um often you you forget about when you're when you bring it back um again i think it's a testament to the 90 90 minute episode that we're we're able to stuff and that just en- enhances it but it was yeah. it was really scary i thought Sure, is this like a, you know, two moment? Yeah, well, hopefully it is for Jake because he's my winner pick. And because he's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, what it means, so right? Yeah, that would be great for him. I, oh, I, like, I do think, pick? wow. Yeah. Do you want to make a new winner pick now that Sabaya 
is gone. <laughs> Not that it counts at all, but who would you put no. it on now? Thank oh. you. <laughs> Yeah, come now, you told me to lie, and we've all we've already established what an awful lie. Um, we'll pretend you lied. So, <laughs> so I try who's not a, who's to. Do it. Um, I'm gonna go with Emily. Really, is Emily is Emily just the main character, or is she actually gonna win? Uh, well, I went with Carolyn. The last time, uh, and she made it all the way to the final tribal council without a vote. Yeah. So that was a system. But uh, I, I like to have a winner pick that I'm also rooting for. So I think she combines that for me. Yeah. I head would well, have gone with someone like Drew. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll, set, I'll, I'll go with Emily. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how Jake is doing now that he kind of turned around. Like, I definitely think he has the edit. It could happen. But, yeah, if I was going to pick from now, I'd probably be looking. Maybe it's someone like a Kelly. Um, seems like a pretty strong pick. Um, from I mean, Drew's doing well, but I don't know if it's like a, a winner pick. Uh, I'd love to win the draft with the final pick of the draft with Drew, but I'm not sure. But, yeah, I think with, with the with the 90 minutes, like, I think we really benefited in terms of Bello. Like, they never – we never saw them search for anything. Um, like they didn't, like we don't even see Bruce come back from the trek. Like he doesn't play the game. Like they should have the least content. And the fact that we had like, not just like the, the tribe dynamics, but individual relationships. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be a, we're very strongly placed to see how those relationships kind of travel to this next phase. So I'm excited. All right. So should we get to the chizzy? Take it away, Jacob Sager Weinstein and MC Color. One, two, three. All right, Teresa, who are your points for this week's Chizzy? Uh, I'm going to give one to you. Um, I think you probably got a sense of that because I've, I've, I, I can't put my finger on what it is that he's doing so well, but I think that he's being validated by the players around him uh, speaks volumes, so he's doing something right. Um, I still have a question mark from him being as open as he's been, but he gets, I think he's done enough to get one cheesy point. Uh, mm-hmm. give points to Caleb. Um, mm-hmm. My one and two were touch and go because I think it's the two people who benefited the most from the outcome uh, tribal council. Uh, but I probably, I probably gave it to Emily over Caleb, the three points, cause just felt that she was the person who was in the greater steering position in terms of what the outcome was. So, um, give her three and I gave Caleb two because he benefited just as much from the outcome in the tribal council. Yeah, look, I feel like I need to be scaling Emily down because in the first week of the season, Nick gave Emily three points, even though she was going to be first boot. And it's really thrown <laughs> off the entire Jizzy chart. And I feel like I should have I should have even scaled her down last week. And I'm like considering doing it now, but I just don't think that it is right. Justifiable. So, yeah, yeah. It, I feel like Emily probably, I'm making this decision on the spot because it's just true, but Emily probably does need to get three points unfortunately she's now you know on 12 points maybe that doesn't speak to how the game should have gone nick but 
you can't fight how well she's done these last two weeks. And like she, the, the blind side itself was amazing. Like they send home Sabaya with an idol. Like it's, it's, it's how well she acts as Sabaya. How, like while, while Sabaya is clearly misreading her, like how well is she doing to have, you know, that number in her pocket and to play that part so well to convince Caleb over to do the right thing for her game and to like very much see what was a phenomenal blind side. So I can't scale it down. It's not right. It's not true to the Chizzy. So Emily, you know, full six points across on this week. I'm going to give two points to D. Um, you know, we talked about like giving the, the hammer back, which she and Julie did. I'll give Julie an honorable mention this week because she's doing a lot of, of the stuff as well. But I feel like we really see the incredible, like very concrete reads from D. And I appreciate it. It's not just like I have a feeling. She's like, here are the specific examples of like things I've been very like perceptive of. I thought that was great. Um, and I just love the way she's articulating that very like social style of game, something that seemed important to this cast around like relationships over trinkets. And that's a good thing because the trinkets haven't been as powerful, but I think she really fits into that mold, into that value system. And she'll probably find other allies who care about that. So leaving her two points. And I'm also giving Drew one point um, in that I feel that like the, you know, the, the information he gave to Caleb to then get a new advantage through that, to give the information there like I felt he got a lot back on track with the way that he's approaching things even though getting caught looking for the idol wasn't great and well a lot of that was on Austin who was meant to be the lookout lying to their faces again not great but it's hard in the moment and then to recover as well as he did um yeah he did very very well so that means yeah honorable mention to Julie and the charts then Emily's leading on 12 Drew is on eight Caleb is now on five of the two votes from you. Sabaya left on five. Um, then Katura's on two, and D is now on two. Austin's on one, and Kendra is on one. I think that that's right. But yeah, Sabaya left on five points. That's crazy. <laughs> what, a, what a season. What a week. And wow. Teresa, thank you so much for being here with me to talk it all through. I think it was very layered strategically for three episodes in for, for four person three vote vote um but there was so much going on and i really appreciate getting your perspective on it thank you so much shannon for having me you know i always love being on the podcast and um enjoy breaking it down yeah well we love having you i wanted to say to everyone listening it has been an atrocious week for humanity just like a terrible terrible week for the world i know it's been hitting me i know it affects a lot of our listeners in every regard i'm sending my love to anyone that's affected by everything this week and i hope that we provided the tiniest distraction to everything that's been going on um i got in like the the only antidote i know which is like a good Teresa laugh um so i hope that you guys you know got a little bit from that and Teresa, what what else is happening with you you're moving are you going to be tweeting about the season? Do we talk about this every time? Or is it like this is where we exclusively get your takes and then, <laughs> and then we check in next season? No, no, no. I will be. Uh, it's just that I haven't, I haven't been watching it in real time. I've probably been watching two or three days afterwards. So I've been trying to do it at all costs so that I don't get spoiled in terms mm. of what's happening. Which is like virtually impossible. You just have to stay away from game with my thread. But um, I I am enjoying the season a lot, so I'm I'm definitely going to be watching episode. But um, yeah, and letting people know my thoughts. Well, I want those takes two three days later. Like just tweet them. I want to know. Oh, I'm so <laughs> interested. So <laughs> oh well. 
Amazing. Well, so much going on in the world of Survivor. They dropped the Survivor UK cast today. I don't know what's going on with Survivor UK. I just wait for updates that like, I feel like they're going to be like, it's on right now. Watch it right. I, I have no idea. So still waiting for the schedule for the air date. I don't know, but keep an eye out because we'll be announcing what's happening with coverage of that soon. I'm doing this recap every week with Rob on the RHAB Patreon covering Big Brother 25. Next week on Survivor Global, I'll be talking to Harry Hills about hopefully another episode of this amazing season. Follow me at Shannon Gates so that you don't miss any of that. And that's all I got. Thank you so much, Teresa, again. So much fun to chat to you. Thank you to everyone for listening, sending my love to everyone and just wishing everyone the best in these absolutely terrible times. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Australian Survivor. Survivor New Zealand. Survivor. 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 21 South Africans. 12 ordinary Australians. 16 New Zealanders. Winter Middle. Give me the Swamaha. 1 million pounds. Million euro. Million. 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 Million.